0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Hey man, this morning we're going to be in Genesis chapter 28. We're going to begin with the 10th verse, and we're going to look at a narrative that if you were a kid and you went to Sunday school, you probably heard a little bit about Jacob's ladder. Um, But... I think you're going to see it a little differently today than you have ever uh, seen it, and uh, we're going to dig in, we're going to grow, and we're going to really learn today, so it's okay if you're seeing things through a different lens and, and, and you're being expanded, because that, that's what this Sunday is all about. Again, Genesis 28 and verse 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Jacob had just left home for the first time, and he was journeying to the ancestral homeland of uh, his mother, Rebecca, and his grandfather, Abraham. And uh, the background here is Jacob at this time is on the run from his brother, Esau, who had just threatened to kill him. Uh, he had stolen his birthright. It's a whole, whole deal that took place. And uh, also at the same time, his parents were wise enough to send him away, but also send him away looking for uh, a wife. So uh, his daddy said, listen, uh, you got to go because of your brother, but also when you go, I I need you to come back with the girl of your dreams. So this is important. If you're on the run, make sure you're not just running from something, you're running towards something. And, uh, you know, Jacob's parents were wise enough to make sure that was the case. Verse 11, so he came to a place and he stayed there. All night, because the sun had set. Now, it was Esau that was the rugged outdoorsman. Esau was the man's man. Esau was the captain of the football team, the captain of the wrestling team. He made the, the basketball team. I mean, he was homecoming king. I mean, Esau was all of those things. He was just just the, the epitome of a guy. But when the Bible describes Jacob, it describes him a little bit differently. It describes him as a man who stayed at home among the tents. So the scripture is saying that Jacob was a homebody. And he, he would be what today some might even call a mama's boy. Yeah. yeah. And you, you can find yourself everywhere in the Bible. And, uh, you know, no, no shame. Now, if you're a mama's boy, be a mama's boy. Do it. All right. But here's Jacob. He started out that way, but he doesn't end up that way, okay? He was broke. He, he was all alone. He's out of his element. And we see here the darkness begins to fall. And all of a sudden, his decision to go off became very, very, very real. The Bible says he took one of the stones of that place and he put it at his his head. Now, everyone he knew, everything he had valued in life, everything that was familiar to him was now miles behind. He had traveled for days to get to where he was at this particular point in his journey. He only had a stone here as his pillow, but he had to quickly learn to adjust and and find peace even in hard places. Now, I don't agree a whole lot with, with Charles Darwin, but he makes this observation. He said, it's not the strongest species that survives, nor is it the most intelligent species that survive. It's the ones that are the most adaptable to change that survive." And we see Jacob was a survivor, and he might not have naturally been the outdoorsman, but when he was put outdoors, he did it, he, he adjusted, and, and he made all the shifts and changes. And, and you may not at this moment be everything you wish you were, but if you allow God to mold you and shape you, you will be whatever you need to be for the moment that you're facing. And Scripture says, and he lay down in that place to sleep. I remember trying to sleep my first night in in college in the dormitory and uh, you know you're thinking am I going to fit in am I going to make friends do I have what it takes to make it in this new environment you also remember in the past and and also you're in a new place you don't know how firmly the door is really locked can someone come into your room and and you know any any little rattle in the room you're paying attention was that a rat what you know what, what 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 is the deal Well, that was my college situation okay maybe maybe not yours but Jacob At first, you know, he's doing a little tossing and and turning and every rustle of bushes, he's wondering, was that a fox? Is it a lion? Is Is it a wolf? And all that's going on, but finally, he fell into a deep sleep. And when you're in God's will, he can give you rest. And the rest was so deep, the Bible says in verse 12, then he dreamed. There were three incidents in Jacob's life where God spoke to him in dreams, and they were all quite powerful. In fact, God used dreams quite a bit in Bible history. Uh, Joseph, the father of Jesus, saw an angel in a dream, and that angel directed him to take the child to Egypt, and he did. And then uh, Joseph dreamed again while he was in in, in Egypt. He then brought the child back, and and, and that was the pattern. It was the way God spoke to Jacob. But we also saw that... uh, God protected Sarah from Abimelech in a dream. God appeared to him in a dream and said, don't touch that woman. And he was like, okay, and, and, and all the rest. We, we also know that God gave Pharaoh a dream about the, the, the seven cows and the, the heads of grain. And, and then because of that dream, he called for Joseph, and Joseph became number two in authority in the land. It was in a dream, actually, and you may not have realized this. It wasn't a vision. It was a dream that, that Solomon had where God asked him, you know, ask for what you want and in that dream solomon answered rightly and because of that right answer god blessed him and gave him wisdom beyond any king before jesus christ in that time on and on we see the power of dreams and god using dreams to reach and impact people and you would think okay that's an old testament thing but in the new testament in acts chapter 2 and verse 17 we find God promising the same thing matter of fact he says as we get closer to the end the amount of dreams and visions God gives his children is going to escalate so God has not stopped giving us dreams he's not stopped giving us visions the question is not does God still speak the question is are we still listening Amen. Yeah, that that is a good question. Amen. Then he dreamed, and behold, and that behold draws attention to what's about to be said next, a ladder. Now, this was not a rung ladder like we walk up. It was more like a staircase. And uh, he says, the staircase was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on this staircase, like the ziggurats uh, in Mesopotamia. And this would happen throughout the life of Jacob, but ultimately it was foreshadowing what would happen after Jesus came. In fact, let's dig into that just a little bit. We're going to look at some Bible truth, and then we're going to come back out and uh, get back to the verses we're in. Go to John chapter 1, and verse 50. Jesus is speaking. He said this. He answered and said to Nathanael, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? Well, basically, Jesus supernaturally knew what was going on with with Nathanael. And, uh, you know, when when Nathanael came back excited about the fact that Jesus was able to read his mail the way he read it, he was real excited and Jesus was like, you haven't seen anything yet he said you will see what greater things like a word of knowledge is nothing compared to man i'm gonna shine like the sun i mean some incredible stuff's gonna happen you're gonna see the dead come back from life 51. and then jesus said to him and he used the most solemn words that could be said without an oath in the bible in the king james version it says verily verily if it was Aramaic, it would be amen amen or amen amen But what he says in the new king james version is most assuredly again the strongest language that could possibly be used he says most assuredly i say to you hereafter you shall see heaven what open so what was about to happen we're going to discover in a few verses was was not just for jacob it was for all humanity you shall see heaven open and the angels of god Ascending, going up, and descending upon, watch this, the Son of Man. Notice that Jesus did not compare himself to Jacob, he compared himself to the ladder or to the staircase. And what he is saying is you're going to see angels on assignment coming back and forth in my life because Jesus here is the only bridge that was long enough, the only bridge that was strong enough for the blessings of heaven to finally come down to earth and do what God wanted to do from the beginning of time. First Timothy two and five helps us dig into this just a little bit more before we come up for breath. First Timothy two and five, for there is one God and one mediator. Not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Krishna. One God. One mediator. And people get mad at that. It's like, did he really owe you two? Be thankful you got one. One, matter of fact, if you get it right the first time, why are you going to repeat it the second time? I mean, can anyone really come after Jesus? Can he do it twice? I mean, come on. There's only one of those. And one mediator between God and man, watch this, the man christ jesus this may surprise folks but jesus did not come to create a new religion he came to open a way You see, because of our sin, because of our rebellion, that the way and and the access to God was blocked, but Jesus opened the way through his blood and through his cross. He made a way out of no way. He was a bridge over troubled water. Matter of fact, when we get to our dead ends and, and on the highway, he's the one that hits recalculate. He brings us from the bottom to the top, and here's the deal. I may not be there yet, but I'm closer than I was yesterday. I I may not have made it to the top. I I might just be on step number three, step number four, but I am moving. I am progressing. I'm not where I'm going, but I'm not where I was. This is my reality, and this is the wonder of the Lord Jesus. Verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above these steps. It's open heaven, and you see this opening. The Father is standing, and he speaks and this is what God is doing today. Again, remember, Jesus is not Jacob in this situation. Jesus is the latter. So we see that God's standing above the cross. And he's saying, Each of us, take that first step. Embrace Jesus. I got a man, I got so much more for you. Start there with my son. Embrace him. And I'm going to begin a journey with you that, that, man, that, that you could not even begin to imagine. He said, And behold, the Lord stood above it. And then God speaks to him, and he's speaking to Jacob for the first time, and he uses several terms to describe his being or to introduce himself. He says, I am. That sounds a little bit like the burning bush, doesn't it? He says, I am, and then you see Lord and you see God. That word Lord with small caps there is Yahweh or Jehovah. That second word, God, is the the term that was used when God created, you know, the waters and and the mountains, the sea, the birds and all that stuff, Elohim. So to describe himself, there's no really one word in in any language that could fully capture God's essence. So so God had to put a couple descriptives together to describe to Jacob who was talking to him. So he's standing there and he's saying, I am Jehovah Elohim. Basically, I am the big in bigness, the it in all itness. hear what I'm saying I, I am the self-existent one the ever-present one I am the never failing one I am the on-time God that your father and your grandfather had talking to you that spoke to you about it and, and you learned about as a kid he said I am he introduced himself and here's the problem he had been the God of Abraham he had been the God of uh, Isaac but how many of you know that God has no grandchildren yeah he wants to be father to eat not granddaddy He doesn't want to relate to you through someone else in your family he wants to be your personal God your your personal father (laughs) Jesus didn't say you know my father hallowed he said our father hallowed be the name all the disciples were to know God as, as Abba I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and the God of of Isaac and what was happening here was God was calling Jacob into relationship with himself and what's amazing here is despite the many weaknesses of jacob if you read the narratives before he had a lot of problems he was a thief he was a liar he was a little bit of a mama's boy and and uh, sneaky uh, all types when you read it, this this guy was just not the greatest of all all guys but here's the deal he was god's choice and here's the deal when god has selected you it really doesn't matter who rejects you I don't know why God chose me. I don't know why God chose you, but he did. And can't nobody touch it? Can't nobody stop it? That's in God's mind. It's his choice. And I am grateful. And then he continues. He says, Jacob, the land on which you lie right now, I will give to you and to your descendants. He left home without a penny in his pocket, all by himself, out there on his lonesome. And the Lord gives him the Abrahamic promise. And why did God give it to Jacob and not Esau? I think he wanted to make a point. It's not because you're the best or the strongest or the brightest. It's God's choice that makes you anything in your life. And Jacob was one of the least likelies, and he became the father, one of the patriarchs of of Israel. 14. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth, you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east to the north and the south and i mean this is big and in you the guy's not even married yet he's talking about his children and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed you know all means all yeah god did not just want to bless the jewish people he blessed the jewish people so through the jewish people he could bless everybody else and every family in the earth it says all the families of the earth and watch this then he says something quite amazing. This is the, the, the most powerful thing, the greatest thing God could ever really say to us. He said, "Behold, I'm not going to send you an angel. I'm not going to send you an army of men. I, I, at this point I'm not even sending you a bride." He said, "Behold, I am with you." You know, peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. And when God's with you, it don't matter who's against you. You hear what I'm saying? So God is, is trying to instill confidence in this boy that didn't really even deserve to be spoken to. Again, you read the backstory; It's pretty bad. And he said, Jacob, I am with you. And then he added, and this was one of my challenges as a young man. I met the Lord when I was 20. And I know where I was coming from. And, and I know the types of thoughts I had in my head and what I wanted to do. And uh, my question was, Lord, I've, you know, I'm a little bit excited right now. and I see, some, But Lord, the long haul. You no, Lord, I got some issues. I got some problems. You, you know, I got a little bit of a temper. You, you know, Lord, I, I, I got this and I, and I got that. Lord, can you keep me? And right out the bat, he says, Jacob, I know you're a crook. I know you're a thief. I know you're a liar. I know you're a deceiver. I, I know you're a little bit weak. I know you're a mama's boy. I, I know that you, you don't think you, you, you can run with the rest of the boy. I, I recognize all that, Jacob. But I'm with you. And secondly, I will keep you wherever. Glory. How many of y'all got some wherever? Do you hear what I'm saying? Wherever you go, He was saying, "Jacob, I am a keeper. A man asked God in difficult times, he said up, uh, "Why are you taking me through, Lord, these troubled waters?" And God answered, "Because your enemies can't swim." <laughs> God is always working a plan. He kept me when I was good as dead. He kept me when I couldn't even afford a loaf of bread. He kept me when I was in over my head. He kept me despite what people said. He kept me when I was hanging on by a thread. He kept me, and he will keep you. You see, the will of God will never take you where the grace of God can't keep you. That's the truth I know. And God continues. He's infusing confidence into this boy, and I want you to watch how the boy responds because that's the way God wants you to respond. And I will bring you back to this land. You may be facing some setbacks, but here's the deal. God got you back, you're going to come back. So so I can't say you're not going to face some setbacks. I can't say that. But I just know that that they beat Jesus, left him for dead, and on the third day he got up again. What I am saying is with God on the inside of you, you can rebound and you can bounce back. He said, "I, I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you meaning you're my assignment, until I have done what I have spoken to you. How many of you know God watches over his word to perform it? Yes. He doesn't lightly say anything. If he says it, that sells it, that's it. it. It is written, it is done. Then Jacob, all that's happening, God's going to be with me, God's going to keep me, God's going to be land. oh my gosh, I'm going to have children. Wow, he's going to bless me. Jacob awakes from his dream, and he says, surely... The Lord is in this place. Now, the reason why there was such surprise in his tone when he said, surely the Lord's in this place, was because in this time, people thought that they were, first of all, they felt that there were multiple gods. It was only the Jewish people that believed that they were monotheistic, that only believed in one God. People believed that there was a god of Sumerians, the god of the the Romans. There was a a god of, uh, you know, this other tribe. They'd also felt that there were gods, you know, assigned to certain geographical areas, meaning there was gods of the mountains and gods of the valleys. So you know, if you were a traveler and you went into Mesopotamia, you would worship that God, appease that God, because you're in that God's land. And if you went to another land, you do the, the same thing. So, uh, so he, here's the deal. This concept was that God was confined to geographical locations. And when he left his father's house, there was this sense that, you know what, he had left the covering of his daddy's God. But, but what I want to show you is that the God that we serve is not a sometime God or a someplace God. That, that's really important. He's a whatever, however, whenever, and wherever God. He's... See, what we do sometimes, not you as the person next to you, but what we do is, you know what, you know, I can worship God in church, but you can worship God in your pew. You don't have to be loud. God can show up on your job. God can show up in in that crazy circumstance, and he can show up while you're commuting and slugging in. God is not limited to some house somewhere. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost, and wherever we are, he is. And he was saying, listen, Jacob, I'm not a provincial God. I'm not like these idols you could put on a shelf somewhere and kind of contain me. I'm the God of the whole universe. The earth is my footstool. You hear what I'm saying? I, I am God of everything. And, and this began to hit young Jacob. And he began to realize, I'm dealing with something major here. And this is not just a religious dream. This is God trying to talk to me. And he woke up and he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't know it. You ever been in such a hard place? You can't even imagine God being present in that situation. But then he shows up. And when he got this revelation of the infinite power of God, he became afraid. And, and it's I mean, if you really know God and you see his power, it's not strange to be slightly intimidated. Like, dude, you hold time like that between your fingers. You know everything about me. You know my uprising, my downsetting. Before I thoughts on my mind altogether, you know it. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.